0: you're listening to reflections a song music podcast with jamie and ash where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs welcome to episode six of season two of the reflection music podcasts i'm jamie and as always, I'm here with my man Ash. How you doing, Ash?
1: All good. What's going on, people? i Hope everyone is well and nice. Thank you for joining us once again on our uh mission to to cover all of the greatest album of the Neo Soul experience that we're currently going through at the moment. Although I've got to say, Jay, like I'm 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 actually kind of started been digging back into some nineties R and B and I'm really looking forward to to the point where we we start that new kind of arc in our journey on this podcast and start going into that
0: there's clearly a reason why we actually do this podcast because i actually been thinking the same thing because uh in researching this um (laughs) this album i had to go back in time and then, obviously, in the nineties, you start listening to some Mint Condition, and then all that kind of stuff. And then, for, before you know, it, you're just like in full nineties R and B mode. And man, I
1: was, I was saying- listening to the first John B album <laughs> the other night, and, I, and I, that was an album that I'd never really got into, other than like the big single. Like, and it's actually a really good album. Like, and he don't get enough props. That uh,
0: that album's got you're talking about the big singles that they don't know, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's proper, proper digressing. But anyway, let's do it. Um, that song is not what brought me to John B. There was another single on there called Don't Say. Mm. Don't Say. And uh, I fell in love with that tune. It's got just like this great guitar riff. So built around this guitar guitar riff. And I was just like, this guy is all right, still, and then the video had a a a, a, a young sonia Lathan was in that video, and I was just like, ah, oh, John B's, he knows, <laughs> he knows what's up, and then um, yeah, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> he knows what's up. So I've been on, oh uh, yeah, I was, I was, I've, I've always been a bit of a fan of Jumbie. Definitely didn't get the props. He has some tunes. He could write. He could write some tunes. And I think he wrote. He wrote some hits from some other people, from what I can remember. Anyway that's uh for the research we need to get we need to get to 90s r&b for real i was saying mm. i was saying to uh my better half that for as much as i love neo so and it's had a massive impact on me i think the most significant impact to me musically really and it's 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 merely a time frame thing because you're you know, I'm I'm a teenager in the 90s, really impressionable. I just like, 90s R&Bs had just a, such a profound effect on me, especially like mm. vocals-wise as well. You know, yeah. just proper, you know. Because that was the first, that was my first, you know, when you're a teenager, all those guys, you're just like, I want to sound like those guys. And then the Stevie Wonders and those people, they came later they came later mm. I, I got into i was always into stevie wonder but for my dad but for me like actually actively going out and purchasing stevie wonder albums myself that was like later like late 90s yeah. you know so yeah the Jody C. boys the men Mint condition tony 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 who will get to those guys man profound effect anyway we digress we are talking about instant vintage rafael sadiq's Debut album released June 11th, 2002. And it's really weird to talk about a debut album for Raphael Sadiq in 2002 because it's it's his debut solo album. But in terms of stuff that he's done, this was his sixth studio album. You know? Yeah, so that's four albums with Tony, Tony, Tony. One with Lucy Pearl and then so what is that yeah so this one Instant Vintage was he six, you know and my relationship with him it actually goes way back to the 90s like what I was talking about so I got into Tony 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 on their third album which I guess is their most popular Sons of Soul that was the album that had that came out in 93 and that had Anniversary on it and that had Lay, my, lay Your Head Lay Your Head on My Pillow Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that came out in 93. And that's when I first heard about them. And that was their third album, In. So they had those tunes. And then in 95, I think Sadiq, he did a solo track for the Higher Learning soundtrack, um, Ask of you, I give you all my loving. You know that one? That's all Mm -hmm. I ask of. Yeah, that one. So loved all those tunes, loved him. And uh, it was... It was about time. I mean, after Lucy Pearl as well, that was great. By the time Inter, Inter, Instant Vintage came around and his debut solo, I was so excited for it. I mean, I didn't even hear any of the tracks off it. I was just like, you know what, I'm just buying it. Sadiq's bringing out a, d- a solo, I'm, I'm buying it. That that's, that's all there is to it. And Ash, I wasn't disappointed. I really wasn't disappointed, man. Um, i think this is great not up until two years ago it probably was my favorite one of his solo solo albums but i think it's been surpassed now um but maybe that's where my head's at now i just i think jimmy lee is his best work i know it's wild and it's not really it's not really neo soul in a classic in a classic neo soul but i just think it just i just yeah, maybe, maybe we've all grown, and that's where he's at, and I'm we're at the same place. But I think his last album was just superb, um, best since this one. That's just me. Anyway, uh, this was released. So I said two thousand two. The label was Universal, and writers on it, um, few, obviously himself, and he's working with those guys again, Jake and the Fat Man. And we heard about them because they they worked with him on, who was it? Bilal's album, right? Soul mm-hmm. Sister. And then on Angie Stone's brother. So they were his partners in crime, which I've come to realize that they were basically in charge of or making it current, all the hip hop elements, the scratching, you know, the, the beats and all that stuff. Anyway, Jacob and Fat Man, they're, they're made up of Glenn Standridge and Bobby Ozuna Jr., all right? And then other writers are high tech of uh, Talib Kweli fame, high tech and Kweli. D'Angelo's on here. A gentleman called Kelvin Wooten, who has worked with Anthony Hamilton. Then you have Calvin Richardson, Angie Stone, Tiana Watkins, uh, you may know as T-Boz from TLC. Raymond Murray, who worked with the production team Organized Noise, who in turn worked with TLC on Vogue and Ludacris, and the producers on here are R. Sadiq, Jake and Fat Man, High Tech, most of those people I spoke about, they're also producers on this album. This album peaked at twenty-five on the US pop charts, number six on the R and B charts, and in terms of um album sales commercially this was deemed a flop by the record company. Make of that what you will. <laughs> I have I have reasons for that or some theories about that. But um, yeah, Ash, what's your relationship with Sadiq? I know we spoke about him on the Lucy Pearl one, but um, yeah.
1: Anything more? Yeah, what's your Tony I, Tony history? My Tony Tony history wasn't that much. To be mm. honest, I, I found out about Tony Tony tone right towards the end um the soul food soundtrack amazing how much we talk about soundtracks on this podcast yeah yeah soul food soundtrack had uh i think it was get down yeah yeah uh yeah, yeah, get down. um Which is which, the last, you know really the last album they did. Yeah, yeah. groove based R and B. You know, it wasn't it wasn't full on R and B. There was a groove and a soul to it, which really caught my ear. And I liked his vocal because it wasn't too fancy. It was a nice tone that I felt that I could sing along to and I could handle. You know, but it it was a nice, feel good tune. Um, yeah,
0: that was DJ which, Quick, wasn't it? Which was as well with yeah. DJ Quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah and yeah it worked um i don't no, it wasn't that you know i loved that tune it was boys and girls this tune called boys and girls that was on the soul food ch- soundtrack boys and girls will all be watching when i don't <laughs> yeah, room. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it they're both really similar yeah. um but yeah just just nice nice tunes and from from that he did a track on his own. No, he did a track with Q-Tip called "Get Involved," which was mm-hmm. on right. the PJs soundtrack, uh, which was uh, a TV show. Is it the PJs? I feel like it was the PJs. It might be something different. Um, but yeah, he you know, and that that tune was kind of his signature sound or what came to be his signature his mm-hmm. signature sound. And I loved it. I was, it's a record that I always used to play. Great strings, great bass, feel good vibe, warmth, loved it. Um, and yeah, that, that was my first real kind of knowing of Sadiq. Then as I started digging into album covers more and reading up more of what he'd done, um, you know, I got to kind of really start properly respecting his gangster. Um, Obviously the Lucy Pearl album, which I loved and was fully involved in, I was there for it. So again, by the time that instant vintage came around and the single, the lead single with my guy on it as well, I was (laughs) like, yeah, like you don't need to tell me anymore. Like I'm here for this. I'm going to get this album and, and I'm involved. And, um, having done the digging and my knowledge of him I kind of I feel like I should have expected more from this album but I didn't go into it with high expectations Um, Mm. I just went into it thinking this will be something that I like Um, but yeah 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 we'll we'll go into it more we'll go into it more but I, I think I feel like I should have had higher expectations of it when I, when I think back to that time and it coming out it's a big deal it's such it a, big a big deal because he is on everything and everyone was waiting for another Lucy Pearl album exactly so they got this and so you know that hype should have been there I, I don't really remember feeling a way oh, Lucy Pearl's broken up when you know it felt Ooh. like right this is the next thing so I'm going to go and get it but, um, yeah because it, but is, yeah. Is,
0: it was like a steady build up of, of his profile right so he's he's appearing on uh voodoo right so he's got he's got the track on voodoo he's got uh like angie stone track he's got the bilal track he's got like lucy pearls coming out it's like a steady build up like his name's getting like more 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 well known and then this was like the culmination of you know i i I wouldn't be surprised i couldn't i couldn't find anything on it but i wouldn't be surprised if the record label were like okay this is your coming out you're you're going to blow now. And like maybe yeah, that's where definitely. the disappointment disappointment comes from. You know, especially like you say with the lead single. Let's get to it now. The lead single, released 2002. I haven't got any proper dates for these releases, but it doesn't matter. Released 2002, Be Here, featuring our man D'Angelo, written by Sadiq, D'Angelo, and Jake and the Fat Man, produced by Sadiq and Jake and the Fat Man oh, man, this chart's position is just throwing me way off, right? So, 99 in the US pop charts, fine. I don't care about the pop charts. But the R&B charts, 45 on the R&B charts, man. This tune is sick. Banger. This tune is sick. Such a banger. I don't get it. I don't understand it. How can you hear this tune and not feel like, just make that stank face and just like, oh man, it's so good. Anyway, you tell me about it. I'll I'll tell you why I love it after.
1: I mean, uh, I so like I said, you know, at that time I was all over kind of knowing what was going on and when things were coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going down to Soho, going to the record shops, um, and you'd get the import vinyls. Like you know, again. Months before any kind of UK single release or yeah, yeah, yeah. or any kind of album release, you know? Um, and the Be Here vinyl, I rinsed it so hard. Like, you know, you know, the, there's the one thing of the D'Angelo factor, which is a massive factor. Like, let's look here. We've we've talked about Sadiq featuring everywhere with so many artists. How many artists can we say that D'Angelo is featured with? just lauren hill it's lauren hill right he's he's not really shown up anywhere at all so to have d on a track after voodoo and uh, you know like that's a hype that's a that's an amazing kind of marketing catch you know and again he owed sadiq that anyway he, sadiq's given him two momentous bangers for both of his albums like he needed to give sadiq something back um and yeah like it didn't disappoint it didn't disappoint in any no. way shape or form like just right from the intro like I, I I only clocked the other day how much the bass line dominates this track there's no guitars there's no, no. keys there's a bit of organ like further no. down the line um and you know the strings play its part as well but this is all about the bass and the vocals and the story that they tell it's epic
0: i know that Sadiq's a bass player I've, I've always known he's a bass player but like you listening back to this album and this track as being one of the early ones you're just like his bass work he's a hard bassist he's not just a bass player he's actually a bassist I mean he can play and he can set down a groove yeah. maybe not like you know if a bassist was was on this podcast like well he's not technical he can't do this he can't do that but his 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 way of of setting the groove and and the bass lines he writes and the groove he gets and the way they swing and man they just they're all over this album and I some most of my favorite songs on this album there's a bass line there that he's played in and I'm just like yo and it's after you start listening to him for a while you like you listen to Lucy Pearl and this album some of the later albums you're like he's got a style to his bass lines as well you kind of He's got a signature, that I don't know how to explain it, but he's got a way of playing bass and writing bass lines that you just like, whoa. And I did see an interview last night that he says, he was saying he likes his bass, what do he say? He likes his bass lines to maybe swing, maybe swing or something like that. He says he likes it, he likes his bass lines in a certain way and that's how he writes them. And yeah, man, it's, it's amazing. Go, on, keep going.
1: Yeah, no, so, you, you know, the intro has you here it's, it's already kind of built your expectation where it comes in the beat comes in and there's a bit of flute uh a few scratches in there mm-hmm. and then the you should be here line comes in and then and as they're doing that long line, then the bass goes doo, 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 doo. Yeah. He do 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 do. He he does that stuff with the bass, mm-hmm. and and you should be here again. And you just—it's just like this constant pull into the record. You're getting pulled into it more and more, and then it's the doom 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 doom. You know, just the way he uses the bass in this song to not only kind of cover so many, so much of the musical landscape, you know, he, he covers all areas. So he, he you know, he, he doesn't need a guitar riff running through it because the line's doing it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need a keyboard dropping chords because the tones that he's playing on the line combined with the vocals covers that space as well. That's, that's incredible to be able to do. Um, and mm-hmm. really musical. And, you know, there's no, there's no luckiness. Like, you know, this is D'Angelo and this is Raphael Sadiq, two amazing musicians and producers who can play around any instruments they right, want. Right. Right. Like if they wanted to put guitars in this, which would have made sense, they would have. If D'Angelo wanted to put keys on this, he could have. And he would have. But didn't need it. Just didn't no. need it. Um, and again it and then it comes to this other point of Sadiq's production and his sound, the strings. His use of strings throughout his career. Has been second to none. I, I feel like in this in this urban R and B soul landscape, there are very few that mastered strings the way that he has and made it an important part of his sound. Right from back then to you know Solange's album a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, you know mm-hmm. where it's all over it. And the use of strings throughout this record again incredible when you when you've had them both doing their verses and you get to this middle eight section the way the strings just go and build up the track at that point with them both ad-libbing and adding a, a new kind of vocal dynamic onto it over the same kind of chord sequence again just adds a whole other layer and dimension to this song to just build it up to you know, a final crescendo, crescendo in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, just superb, like, and you could play it in a club, you could yep. play it at home, you could play it in the car. Like, it is a banger of a single. And then you know, we've spoken so much about. Sorry, Jay, I'll keep on no. going. But okay, okay. we've spoken okay. so much about singles like on these albums not always being the best of of what an album brings when actually a lead single a single is supposed to be a single because it's the hit it's the one that's supposed to get used it's not supposed to be about the rest of the album you're supposed to have those hits and then you're supposed to have the best of the rest as well and so many of these albums either have one or the other you (laughs) know and i just love it when they get it right with a lead single because this got everything right you've got the collab you've got the sound you've got the groove you've got the feel good you've got the vocals a nice song that just pulls you in to an artist and to an album that everyone can relate to I want this girl or I want this boy you should be here let's get it on you know Mm -hmm. job done amazing song
0: it is an amazing song and I just basically it's one of those songs that it it straddles like two like not two but just many different sort of not genres but like yeah kind of genres because it at the same time is gritty and it's like really sort it's really like you know down home country vibe but then it's got that classiness with the strings like you say and it's just like that that brings it up to another notch and as a lead single it's got that vintage, it's it's a, it's a great lead single because the album is instant vintage, this is your lead single, and it's got that. It's got that kind of, still contemporary, because you still got the scratches in there with Jake and the Fat Man, but the bass line, the strings, the way they sound. And I love the I love the fact that um, D'Angelo clearly wrote his verse. It wasn't like, oh, Sadiq's like, I've got a tune, D'Angelo, just sing this. He was like, no, because the way the way Sadiq constructs his verse that is a straight Sadiq verse and the d'angelo verse that is like no one no one writes stuff like it. the way he puts in those little harmony lines and no one does that that is his signature you know that as soon as you hear that you're like that is d'angelo all over and it's just great it's just it's a proper duet and yeah man like the meeting of two geniuses great like you say just great lead single everything that you want
1: you know uh, so And i was trying to think of like male duets like and i can't i can't really think of too too many male duets you know where they come together and they really do come together mm. and they, they've got their both of them are are able to deliver their own signature sounds exactly. without stepping on each other's toes right and then they're able to do the amazing kind of ad-lib harmony thing mm-hmm at the end where it's not just ad libs it's harmonies as well that they're layering up to that ending that's building up like it's 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 so good it's so good <laughs> it really is oh.
0: yeah and it's, it's it's nice when you get like two like really good musicians being able to just to make really good stuff like because sometimes you see some collabs and you're just like this should be better than it actually is and uh, but this like every time they've they've got together and made something it's been great and um, yeah they obviously have like great chemistry yeah um, I could talk about that tune all day long Um, oh and uh, I, sh- I should say because we, talk- we spoke about the string so much the string work was done by a gentleman called Charles Veal Jr whoever he is but props to that guy yeah amazing stuff ready to move on to the next one Ash? yeah yeah
1: because I'm not too sure what the other singles were to be honest uh,
0: with you it's only two there's only two. So the second one is Still Ray, written by Sadiq and the Jake and the Fat Man dudes, plus Kelvin Wooten, produced by Sadiq and Jake and the Fat Man. Did it chart, Um, And apparently this was Sadiq's take on Still Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, Ash, yes. Why did I have to read that to know that? <laughs> I was like, I was like, of course, it's called Still Ray. It's got those, it's got the piano. Oh my God. I know, man. I know. I know. I felt like such an idiot. And I was like, duh. Of course. Yeah.
1: You're not at all. I don't, I don't, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Listeners, if you knew, if you knew that that was that, please like at us and comment and for, let us know for, that, that like, that's what you, that you knew. That still Ray was still Dre. Mike.
0: Right? It seems like it's it's obvious, but at the time, nah, no, it wasn't. And it hasn't been obvious for ugh, when this came out two thousand and two, so nineteen years it hasn't been obvious.
1: You know what? It's dude. the tuba. The tuba just throws everything.
0: It throws everything way off. So for me, right? I know Ash. I, I I feel I feel like I know how you feel about this tune. And I don't think you're as high on it as I am. I love this tune, and I think why? Well, I know not. I don't think I know. This song is all about like vocal melody, right? And okay. since Sadiq, since his days with Tony, 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 back in the nineties, he has a way of writing these catchy verse melodies. They're almost they're almost nursery rhyme in in a, in a way. They they just really they're so hooky and this one the i'm coming home to you it just instantly sticks in my head and it is stuck in my head for like 19 years weirdly this is one of the songs i've consistently played over over that period of time i don't know why it's clearly not technically the best song like even one of the best songs There's a lot more Better technical songs than this one, but I just think the melody is beautiful, and more, more most important for me, I love singing it. When there's a song that I love to sing, then I just you know I, I, have that in the, <laughs> I hold that in the highest esteem for me as a singer. That's why i am. and what I think why it's why it also works is that the production is really simple. In many ways, when I was listening to it. Uh, Yesterday, the day before, I came to the conclusion that it, it in many ways, it reminded me of how simple um, Killing Me Softly, the Fuji's version was. You know, it was just, just Lauren's vocal, Lauren Hill's vocal, and the hip hop beat. And then, and this has got a similar vibe to it. And I just, I just think that in that way, it just gives the vocals room to breathe and then the tuba room to breathe as well when that comes in, which is wild. Anyway, and I just think the tuba, knowing knowing Sadiq the musician he is, I just think that's a bit of a mic drop situation. Like, and I'll just throw in a tuba because I want to, because why not? It's like who has a tuba solo, like or a tuba line? It's just it's just mad. It makes no sense, right? And then it comes in with this solo. And then it goes into the final chorus, and that's the first time we actually get any kind of BVs. And then it sort of builds it up, and went, and just takes it home, and then it's and then it's gone, and then you're left thinking, "What the hell did I just listen to? Why do I like that song? There's nothing to it, yet it's just there constantly for 19 years, Ash. And I'm, um, I just I just think it's a great showcase for his melody writing. And I, I came to a conclusion. I'll uh, I'll stop in a minute. I, I have two more points, right? So, I say he writes catchy melodies, right? And I saw an interview where he said, uh, I, I think it was on The Breakfast Club um, interview, and he said that at times, he's a really lazy lyricist. And I'm like, that makes sense, because he actually is sometimes i'm like why did you just throw that in there but i think it's because he just he's just he's just one of those writers that writes melody first the melody comes first th- first and then he's like shit now i've got to write a song around this melody you know and i think a lot of time when artists aren't strong lyric writers i always feel like yeah they must have they must have written the melody first mm-hmm. right and i think he's just one of those guys because his melodies are so catchy Right this so and i'm and then his lyrics are just like not all the time sometimes he, he he can write good lyrics but you know it was just it was just interesting that he said that that he's a he can be a lazy lyricist so yeah yeah and that's that's it and the video is one of the worst neo soul videos i've seen i, I i'm sorry I, I i just can't i can't deal i can't do it. i mean what is he wearing for a start i mean You know what i don't get this is what i don't get about this video ash right you come out with be here and be here he's he's just doing it he's he's bringing him and him and d'angelo they've set the scene this is just it like i'm coming out i'm coming to be a superstar then he brings out still ray which is a weird second release anyway right uh, I want to ask you what you would have released after after Be Here, actually, your, your opinion, because I know it wouldn't have been Still Ray. And then Still Ray comes out and he's wearing just a basketball jersey and the baggiest child. I know baggy jeans were in at the, at the time, but there is nothing that shouts like, oh, I'm about to be a star, right? And then, <laughs> and then. Just wear stuff. He's standing in the road like a dirt track. It looks like he's standing on Route 66, basically. And he's just there. And then all of a sudden, the dude, the marching band guy, comes out with the tuba. And he's in marching, full marching band clothes. And it's like, that is odd. And it's like, it, it makes no sense. I, I, I just I just don't get it. It's like, it's like he had all these ideas. And... They had no common thread and he just threw it to the wall and whatever stuck, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that, I'm gonna go with that. And it just, it's just a mess. I just, I just find it a mess. And um, yeah, probably the worst video, especially for someone like him who's, this is meant to be his, his crowning achievement. And I don't know, it's, it's mad. So Ash, knowing you as I know you, this wouldn't have been the second release,
1: right? Am I right? What would, what would, would have been the second release? Like, I, could think, as, I, could as, think, I could think about it like at least what's in, As what's in lyrical four. as I am about it. Body like parts. You're the one that I parts, like would have been better.
0: Body parts could, would have been better than this. Body parts. Yeah, could, but
1: see, and I, I even think about the track listing as well. You know, and about body parts going before be here, um, in terms of an opening into the album. Um yeah, like I I, I don't have a lot a lot more obvious things. I, I think if he that whole kind of still ray thing, I guess maybe that was the thinking behind it, that everyone's gonna be on this still Dre sound and this is me doing my still ray thing, and people would get it, and maybe they should have done a better job of communicating that to people <laughs> and more people might have listened to it or, or picked up on it. Um, because yeah, it's, I, I, I hear what you're saying about melody and vocal and he's really good on it. He does sound great. Um, and you know, that opening line does again, hook you in mm-hmm. and pull you in. Um, you know, I, I just got a production issues with the production of it. Mm. You know, it just, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't, doesn't take me anywhere. He could have used that same melody and that, and those same lyrics and put it over a completely different backdrop and it would have banged harder and, you know, people would have loved it a lot more than what they obviously didn't when it came out. Mm. It, it didn't do anything. Um, and I can't find the video as well. So, if I can't find, if I can't find the video with a quick search, <sighs> then something was wrong with that video, like you're saying, Jay. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. It's, you know, it, it's not it's not something that they've made it easy for you to find, so to speak. No, no. Um, which again is another problem because videos were so important. They were still relevant. You know, the relevance was starting to fade away a bit, but it was it was still it was still relevant. You know, you still needed to have a music video, and it was a good way of more people hearing your music, hearing the song, and and it getting out there. Um, I just always remember this song as being the tuba song. Like it just it's That's you it, know, is, it, is, it's, it is wild because it <laughs> that there's that tuber intro and I don't know if the tubers intro is on the single if it's just one of those things that are in between the tracks on the album. Yeah, you know, sometimes you can have something and the end of one song that then kind of goes into the other one. Um, I've never really looked at it properly. I know it's not a separate. There's not a separate intro track to it. Um but yeah I just always remember hearing this random tuba what's going on here and then it's those keys those stabby keys and I hate mm-hmm. those st- I love a piano but I d- hate that stabby piano um so I'm just put off on, I'm put off straight away you know um so yeah it, it just it doesn't do a lot for me I I love being I love that he's trying it I love that he's, he's putting it out there and, and giving the tuber that, that time to shine but you know again no one else has ever done it again afterwards I've done I don't think he's ever done it again you know no he hasn't
0: He he's he's not averse to trying to ting um, he's tried to ting a couple of times on this about three or four times on this album and with with varying results like you say he tried to ting here with the tube it didn't work I like it but then he doesn't I mean, let's get let's get to best of the rest. Oh, it's uh, a terrible.
1: It's not. Hold on. It's it's not a terrible line. It's not a terrible use. I just, I just as an album that probably wasn't doing that well, and they needed a a, a kind of another home run with a second signal to single to reignite album sales or get it back into into relevance. Yeah. Like this isn't the one you go for. You I- go for the one with t do right? right.
0: All right I don't,
1: you know, or you, or you right. go for the one with Angie Stone and Calvin Richardson, right? Like, that, that's that's what you do. You don't, right? All right, I don't- and all right, it's another collab. So I think it's an ego thing because this is still Ray and this is my still Dre thing. So yeah, and I want a song all of my own. You know, I, I don't know. I I'm, I might be way off. I might be way off, but. I would have, if I was the label, I would have definitely put out that Tebow track as a single, as a third or fourth single. Maybe not as a second single, but I would have definitely put it out there to reach out to the TLC fans. Like, just Do you no-brainer. Know no
0: All right, so no brainer. let's get into it, right? So Best of the Rest. Um, different times, that's the Tebow's track. Um, for years... This this was my favourite song on the album for years. Um, I don't even actually even understand why again <laughs> because it's the it's a, it's a very different song. It nothing there's no other song on the album that's quite like it. Um, it's almost basically you know what it sounds like Ash. It sounds like to me what all R and B artists do now, right? So okay. Like so, it's it's R and B. It's kind of nineties R and B, but with a with more sort of synthy undertones to it. So it's it's an R and B song, mm. yeah, but it's got yeah. the synthy under synth undertones to it, which makes it a bit odd, especially in two thousand and two. But in two thousand and twenty one, to from from like two thousand eighteen to now, I can imagine some of them all R and B dudes just doing that. You know, some of them weird. You know, you know, I am talking about. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. And like, I've got a crazy take. Like I actually think if I was a record company exec now I'd get someone big to read, to do a cover of this. Like a girl and a guy just for want of a better artist like Rihanna or, and Chris Brown or someone like that to do this track. Cause I think, I think it'd be a banger in 2021. Obviously update it. Cause it's still, it's still dated update it a bit, but I reckon it can work. Change the lyrics a bit because, I don't know if you noticed, the lyrics, it's a, this is a song about God, right? Or Jesus?
1: I don't right? know, I don't uh, know. Yeah.
0: yeah, so maybe change it, maybe make it into a love song, or maybe just leave it as it is, I don't know. And then, but I just think it's a great song. It's a great song, weird, he's weird. Cause even when, even the uh, little bridge, my friend will let you down and it's mm. just just really weird but then it goes back in but it's like nice because it, it kind of breaks down to that part and it's a bit odd and then it goes back in and it's just hard it's just like and it's quite dark and oh it's, it's i think it's yeah, a there's, no, song.
1: there's no obvious form to the song like no. it's it's really unconventional with the phrasing mm-hmm. and the way mm-hmm. It's kind of pulled together, but it, but it's like you said, it is a great song, and you, you remember. Well, I certainly always remember those those different lines that kind of just come in. I closed my eyes and kept on looking, and yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And my friend won't let you down. You, you remember all of those little bits, and it's like there's like there's no obvious ending. There's no obvious chorus. There's no obvious, you know. It just you just feel your way through the song. I I remember being shocked at hearing Tebow on there as well. Um, You know, like when you, when you think about iconic voices, you know, there's so many R&B girl groups going through the nineties. And obviously TLC were, were probably the benchmark of success out out of all of them. I think it's, I think it's pretty fair to say that. And if you, if you look at the three members, um, you know, and obviously Tebow had the iconic relationship as well in it. So that, that gave her a bit more status anyway. But, you know, you don't really remember Chili's vocal, you know. All right, you you remember Left Eye's rapping and her a, and a vocal sound there, but you don't remember her singing. But Tebow has a, such a distinctive voice. Um, and rarely, I don't ever remember it being used other than on in TLC. So for her to pop up on this record out of nowhere, it's so random. uh, So random. um, Cause what you're talking about, I'm sure no scrubs was 99, you know? So, you know, TLC haven't really been doing anything since then. Um, You know, so just for her to randomly pop up like that, like was awesome. Like, like certainly when I'm going through the album, you know, I'm I'm getting a little bit lost, and then that picks my ears right back up, and that draws me back into it. Um, and she, you know, she sounds great. She was never the the powerhouse vocal. She just had this nice lower tone vocal, and I, and I think it. And I I think he he uses it really well. And again, a lot like on on the D'Angelo track, it, he he really kind of brings the two vocals together really well so that they're both complementing each other they're not stepping on each other's toes they're just staying in their lanes helping to build a really beautiful wonderful track which yeah uh, i don't think we can deny that it is Uh, no yes great song great song
0: so just like i was saying like there's a few times he tried something a bit odd and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. This is one of the times where it, it works. Um, so that was my first best of the rest, Ash. What's, what, what would yours, what would your first one be? Uh,
1: my first one. My reckon, first one.
0: I reckon I know what it's going to be. Let me see. Let me go through the track listing.
1: I'd really love not to go straight to it, but... <laughs> Yeah, I am. I am. Sky, can you feel me? Sky, can you feel me? Is the is the best song on this album, bar "Be Here," which runs it a close. "Be Here" runs it really close, uh, and I struggle struggle not to shout about it. But "Sky" is always my go-to track. It is so good. I remember being out in Angel one time and um, we was out for like a friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. Not many people had showed up either. So it's just like, oh, I okay, them we're gonna, well, <laughs> we're going to need to, we're going to need to stay here. Cause like, yeah, yeah if we leave now, like yeah. <laughs> there ain't yeah. going to be no one. Yeah. So um, yeah, we ended up going to another bar um, down in Angel and, and this song came on and I was just like, what is this song? I don't know what this song is. Like um and and yeah, I clocked it with Sadiq, and then I went home and pulled out the album, and just again the groove, oh, you know, it's, and it's, and the build on
0: it—it's so classy. This tune is so freaking classy. It sounds like it shouldn't even be from 2002. Even at the time, it just felt like yeah. this is. A classic from way back in the day, you know. What I mean, it's it. Oh, it's so good. Going, going yeah, out. to
1: be able to play that on a in a bar in Angel on Saturday night in two thousand and two, you know, it says a lot about mm-hmm. a track. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, and I might have been the only person that got it in there, but I got it. Like, it was ratings right to the DJ. This is sick, and it, and it is so sick. I haven't done any kind of like digging into the vocalist, but you know she sounds awesome she sounds so good like how she didn't get her an album off of this off of this one tune like you know is a travesty to be perfectly honest yeah with you. i think
0: there's some kind of controversial stuff going on between him and her um i think I'd i backed up on a on an article and um i didn't go into it cuz it was like quite late last night but yeah i think there's some kind of issues she's still a bit bitter about it and well whatever yeah it's like yeah yeah, there's a a reason behind it yeah yeah
1: but like you know again in terms of of just an awesome tune that builds amazing strings there's so there's a live version that i watch all the time now um from about 2011 2012 Mm -hmm. something like that and they use it to end the set which is a big deal, right? Like if you, if you're going to use a song to finish your set, given how many hits he's got and how many songs he's got, like there's loads you can go to, to kind of finish off your live set. And they go to this one and the vibe is just immense. Like, and everyone gets a go, everyone gets a go. And then the keyboard player throws in this whole new vocal line into it and just takes it somewhere else. And they, they BV's come out with this other like ad lib harmony line to finish off with, and they just take it somewhere else completely. And when you can, when you can have a song like that where you know you've got this amazing groove and this amazing you know musical backdrop for as a vocalist for you then to to go and and still have that those same elements yeah. but create something of your own over it completely of your own but it's still still intrinsic to the original song like that says so much about it the guitarist goes off like you know it's the perfect song for you to jam over like I was just about just, to say yeah yeah,
0: yeah. And, exactly. and they just
1: go on they go on he drops his bass uh, you know and he goes off stage another bass player comes on and, and carries on and you know it is uh, yeah we're gonna I'll, I'll get the link for it and we'll put it in I was just about to in say in the yeah, notes make like, sure Make sure, yeah. Yeah, like, it it just, it made me love the song even more. It made me watch it and, like, this is what being on stage is all about. I was about to say, yeah. It's one of those songs, isn't it? on a groove, Mm -hmm. yeah, and you can just, you could play for for 10, 20, 30 minutes and no one's going to care. You know, everyone's just getting into it because you can take it other places and still come back to that groove. Right, exactly. mm, And what I love...
0: What I love about it is it's that the bass groove is one of those bass grooves that it's a soul groove, but it's also a Latin groove as well. So it's got yeah. that, it's got that, and that always works for me. Like, as soon as I hear those, I'm just like, oh, I want to dance now. I want to move. That's 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 how it works. It's really funny that you said that it was playing in a place in Angel, because that song sounds like it should have been like, if it's gonna be anywhere, it's gonna be Shoreditch or Brick Lane, somewhere cool. <laughs> not, not really Angel. Angel was so, a bit
1: cooler
0: then. Well, a bit cooler then, okay, cool. So yeah, Tiny um, bit. yeah, I love I love that song too. Um, there's there's nothing that it's really weird because it's one groove and they go around that groove the whole time, but you never get bored being listened to it. And it's way it's the last song on the album, right? Mm. So when I came back to this because I hadn't listened to this album for a while, so when I when we first like so we're we're doing it, I actually forgot this song was on there, Ash, because it's so way down. And I and when I am researcher when I listen to an album for for the podcast, I always do it in the track listing order. I don't shuffle yet. That that's on my third listen. I'll do I I'll shuffle the track listing order. So I'm waiting. So all these other tunes are coming back to me. Like oh yeah, I remember this. Blah blah blah. And then right last damn song it is the last song isn't it
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: The very last song this comes up and I was like oh my god the banger <laughs> is right <at> the, end. <laughs> the banger because I was almost left like I'm right at the end and I'm sure there's gotta be more like not not saying I, I was disappointed with what I got but I was like I'm sure there was like another banger on here and then it hits baseline hits and you're just like damn it man this is it this is the one yeah. my goodness my goodness gracious it's it is really hard <laughs> it's, it's so good <laughs> um yeah and then uh mine my next one i'm gonna say is excuse me is have excuse me on body yeah. parts but i'm gonna go excuse me because at this time, I was loving Calvin. Do you remember I said, was it on the, uh, on the Andy Stone pod? I was just <laughs> yeah, saying like, one. yeah, Calvin Richardson was having his time. Oh man, I, he killed it. Him and him and Angie kill it on this track. Their parts. Yeah, like, really And the way good. it starts, really it just starts with Calvin. How about the bus a bit? You're like, you're immediately in. And then the groove comes in. <laughs> and what the hell is is Raphael Sadiq doing with that crazy little pit guitar, like uh, just uh, out of nowhere. It's, it's so mad, <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy, <laughs> but man, it just gets me all the time. I am just like, this is, and that song, it's like, a it's, it's a proper vibe. It's groovy, but it's a proper vibe. It's like, can't make you stay if you want. It's so vibey, man. It's so good. And and all the parts are right. Sadiq's great on it. He's doing these, this sounds like i'm <laughs> kind of disparaging but like his vocal melodies like they're kind of nursery rhymey he's doing that kind of his 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 verse you feel like virgin like doing all that stuff and then calvin comes in does his bits and then angie stone takes it home and i'm just like yo this is sick But like this is this is golden and again i mean <laughs> back to back to still ray being the second release it's like all three of these two all three of the tunes we've spoken about so far i would have put before still ray and i like still ray so it just makes mm. no sense to this I, but maybe maybe you're right maybe it's the collabs everyone we've spoken about the best of the reps rest has got somebody else on it
1: someone else that and it, and, and, and funnily enough like it's is not isn't that a testament to where Sadiq shines best, eh? Shines best making other people shine. Do you know
0: what? I watched an interview, the, the Breakfast Club interview, and he, it was weird because he slightly contradicted himself. He was like, he was like, oh yeah, I wanted to leave Tony, Turn Tony, Tony, because, you know, I was ready to do my own thing. And, you know, like, you know, just write my own songs and, you know, just, just have my, you know, forge my own path. Then later in the interview he says, but I best in a band (laughs) you know he goes he used a basketball analogy where he says like i'm a point guard like i like to i like to provide the passes like to be the guy that you know that that fits the fits it all together and i'm like well exactly (laughs) exactly that's your best work and it's and i it's 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 horrible to say that his best work is either like writing or writing or you know producing for somebody else or or being on a duet with someone but I think you're right that's where he shines, I think mm. I think so mm. yeah
1: no and, and, you know the other thing that I love about this track as well mm. is that you know he's he's quite happy l- letting Calvin open it and blow it away, right, and knowing that he can't he can't match his vocal, nope, he's not gonna try and match his vocal, I'm not gonna try and take that shine away from him, like he's gonna do the track the best justice by him opening it up, not me. So I open it up, Calvin. Do your thing. Like, shine. And and you know, it, it's it's a wicked tune. Uh <laughs> wicked groove. And it you know, it, like we would always talk about the groove with him. Like mm-hmm. but um what I one of the other things as well, it just the um the, the attitude and, uh, and tone and aggression of their vocals as mm-hmm. well just really puts the feeling into it and, you know, makes you make that screw face when you're listening to mm-hmm. it. It's, and, and believe it, can't no, can't nobody love you like I do. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, they sing it with the meaning for it to really hit. And, you know, again, when all three of them are on, Like, it's all woven together so well. Yeah, they're not stepping on each other's toes, yeah. You know, it's it's, it's a real kind of highlight of this album, uh, the way he's able to do that. Like, it's it's great. And yeah, this is, again, if you're trying to pitch this album to Neo Soul fans, this is a single. This is a single. You know, Angie Stone's just done it. You know, she's just... Just, you know, yeah, not that far back, released the album. You've had that brother tune with her. Calvin Richardson was on another track with her that, again, has gone down as one of the big tunes of the album. Right. Here's part two. Here's (laughs) here's Angie and Calvin again. And now we've got Raphael as well. Exactly, like, exactly it's a yes. no-brainer it's yeah,
0: a, a home no, run a proper no-brainer it is It is a home run it's It's just odd just odd stuff I just feel like there's odd stuff going on in this album period the track listing is odd the track listing yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me Um, I mean oh, I don't know what's your next best of the rest I've got two more that I, I'm, I'm gonna shout out I won't go on about them but I've got two more
1: um nothing really to go on about because again that, that's part of my issue with this album I just don't don't like like a lot of it it's just this, it's all there and you just go through it there's nothing, not a lot that grabs me um but I, I I really like Faithful I think Faithful could have been on the Lucy Pearl album um that, I, it sounds I feel like, like, like it's the the closest thing closest thing to Lucy Pearl on it um and yeah, nice groove, feel good, summer vibes, top down, cruising mm. along. You yeah. can bang that out. It feels nice like and a loud, leftover.
0: You know? It's like a it didn't make the Lucy Pearl album. It would have made the it would have made the the second Lucy Pearl album. That's what it sounds like. You know, yeah. it sounds and like it, that vibe.
1: It's got a lot of that West Coast flavor, which, you know, is is an important part of him. This is not an East Coast cat, you know. He's not from Philly. He's from Oakland, and he's got all of that in him, which is part of the reason... It's funny, I was was trying to think about a, a decent way of saying it, and I can't really because he's so integral to the Neo Soul sound with the hits that he's made, but he's not Philly, and he doesn't have a full Philly sound, yet most of his tracks or most of his hits could be Mistaken for being Philly hits or Philly inspired hits, if that makes sense, um, you know. But yeah, this one has just got so much West Coast LA energy about it, um, I, uh, and yeah, and and it's it's welcome. I think the album needs it. Um, yeah, stoked.
0: Yeah. So my last two is I mentioned one before, Body Parts. I I, I don't know, but you you mentioned it before, and you said you didn't. It coming before be here was a bit weird for you, but I think when I was listening to it and it came on, I was like, "It sounds like, it sounds instantly vintage." It, it the way it starts, boom. it sounds like it should be from a black movie. It sounds like it's it sounds mean. It sounds like oh, even though it's a it's about like him singing to a woman or whatever, but you change the lyrics slightly, it just sounds like a gangster tune, like. It, it just sounds mean. I mean, when I was growing up, my dad showed me, he showed me a few Tation movies and uh, it, it sits right, it sits right in that genre. It's just like, I, yeah, I just love it. And again, it's, it's one, it's another one that's like classy. It's got great strings on it. It's just, it's weird how he, he, he veered from these tunes, like your, your, your body parts and Be Here and uh, Sky Where it's like full production and full with strings, and it's got that classic, classy sound to it. And then he just goes to like um, still Ray and um, different times, which are which are like it almost. (laughs) (laughs) There's a review I read, and um, the guy liked it, but he said this album falls somewhere in between neo soul and uh, Curtis Mayfield. And then he said some other crazy stuff as well. And I was like, yeah, because it's, it's like he's, it's like he had no direction. (laughs) It's like, I've got all these ideas and I'm just chucking them in. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, he had no one, you know, you always say that, you know, record companies need to get involved. Good. This is good a and in, and sometimes it works. And I feel like this album could have done with some hard, Harsh, A and in, like some serious cur- curating. Do you know what I mean?
1: Because- yeah, I mean the artwork go ahead, go ahead. doesn't fit. The artwork oh, doesn't the artwork fit with mad. the tone of the album. Like he, you're giving like- off this meditation, Eastern Asian thing, right. and what what. Like it, there's no sense. It doesn't tie in with anything. Mm-hmm. And, and the second track of your album, you're talking about tying someone down. <laughs> like th- that. That's my that's my <laughs> issue with the song and its placement. It's not the content. It's not it's not the quality. It's just your because the the first track is yeah. like an intro, even though it's a full song. It, yeah, yeah. it's kind of an intro into this that's is right. my first solo album, that's which right. is cool. Like great. Mm-hmm. So then the next track that you're giving them. It's just, yeah, it's all of that. And that's not what all of Raphael Sadiq's about, or maybe it is, but, you know, like, it it just, for me, it kind of sets the wrong tone for the start of an album that that you're trying to bring people into. Like, I think it could have been further down. It would have been a great second single. Like, it would have been really strong. and, And probably, because it's a a fuller the production's fuller like you're saying um it, it would have gone down better and, and more people would have got it and more people would have enjoyed it than than what happened but i mean i could i could yeah. picture
0: the i can picture the video now it, it just would have been great it would have been great i, I don't know he's just yeah. in, maybe maybe, like maybe. Sweaty, sweaty club you don't even have to make it like him and the, him and a girl just make him him playing playing a gig sweaty sweaty club gig type vibe a bit like
1: or just a, a black boy station film
0: or a black exactly that or like um, oh here's you know? a good when he, when he did his um, cameo in the Luke Cage and basically he's in Cotton Mouse yeah, Club yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's like that kind of yeah. you get what I'm saying that would have been it yeah, yeah. alright so uh, before we had to um stop the last prematurely stop the last podcast it's the vintage. I was about to give my last best of the rest, and Ashley was gonna mug me off royally, mug me off. So basically, TikTok, TikTok, what? TikTok. See, TikTok is like. Um, <laughs> I know. It's like still Ray. You know. It's like. It's like again. It's like you know it's a mad tune, and it shouldn't even be, and you're thinking, why is Sadiq actually doing these tunes? Why is he doing a story? Why is he doing a TikTok? It doesn't make any sense. But for some reason, that little bit in me that likes when people, when artists go left field, it appeals to me. And what I love about this tune, it doesn't even scream, I'm a soul tune. It doesn't, it's not even about that. It's just about, it's about, basically what it is is about the simple melodies melodies that we've spoken about that we keep speaking about catchiness and for me it's got this nostalgia uh link to it so it sounds to me like this right i was born 1977 so i grew up like in the 80s and i love an 80s movie i you know i'm getting i'm getting to that age where i love i just want to go back and watch my old school 80s movies and this song sounds like the type of song that gets played at the end of one of those 80s movies so you're watching an 80s teen movie it's crazy crazy stuff has happened and you get to the end and they're like hey guys what are we gonna do it all comes to an end what are we gonna do well we can always do it again next summer and i'll still be with you guys and this song is playing <laughs> in the background and this song can, and this song comes in and this is like tick 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 and time dun, dun. oh baby <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm in man it's so freaking 80s I, I love it i can't get over it i listen to it and uh and it's got that, it's got that guitar line and it's not even a guitar riff. It's just like, he's playing like two notes and it has got like this light distortion on it. And it's just, I don't know where his mind was at. I don't, do you know what? This will bring us onto like, you know, the legacy of this album. And I'm, I don't want to talk about the legacy of of, of Raphael Sadiq um, because we know what his legacy is. The guy's massive in music, in the music industry period. But this album, as his debut album, i think it's just a wild one i think it's one of those ones where you where you've written so many tunes for so many years that you finally say okay this is my date this is my this is this is the album where i don't have to sort of compromise or anything and he just threw a whole bunch of crap not crap not crap, because it's not saying it's crap, but just threw a whole bunch of shit in it. Not without any thought to, um, this song will go with this or... Because I just think, I feel like the track listing is wild. I feel like the song selection is wild. I feel like that you can take TikTok. If you took TikTok and Still Ray and he did another one of his albums, because in later albums, he goes a bit more okay, this is going to be my 60s soul album. This is going to be my, this type of album. Whereas this one is like a, it's just like a hodgepodge of styles and, and his tastes. Basically the guy's got like real eclectic tastes and he threw it all, all up in here. And as a, as an album that you want to come back to. Yeah. It makes it really interesting. It makes it like, Oh, I want to come back to it. But, it's not coherent it's so not coherent uh and i feel like it it kind of this album has a legacy of being like for some people his best album but i don't know how much people actually sit down and play the album from start to finish i think that people go back to songs like different times and excuse me and body parts and um and all the other ones we we spoke about like be here and and stuff and that makes you that that makes you forget about the tiktoks and and all those other kind of wild tunes like um like for instance ash i hate this song I, i i i can actually say i hate this song and i'm like why is it why do you do it oh people you gotta tell the truth like what, what is that doing? It sounds so wild. It's like, why? And it's like, you, you just had this song, and it's like, I'm going to put every song, <laughs> every song I've got is going to go in this album. And it's like, it sounds like no one a would it.
1: So- I was just about to say that. Where was the AR? Yeah, it's just- Who's the A&R. Shoot the a There's an art to music business. There is an yeah. art. There is a form of creativity that comes from it. And if you get the person, so, something that- um, yeah, came up in the research for our next episode on Glenn Lewis and he, he talks about having a team and that there's there's a creativity in the music business that, you know, sometimes artists might not understand but if you have the right person that, that aligns themselves with your dream and your vision, they can add to it and make it that classic and this is not that instant vintage classic that it could have been had it been had it been in the hands of someone that could work with Sadiq. like, and we know that that it's there, like we know that he's capable because whoever worked on the Lucy Pearl album did it. You know, they made it, they made it a classic. And you know, I, I mean, I personally I prefer the second album. I feel like it's a more I was cohesive say, unit. Still than, Ray, right? This album Not still is. Ray. What's it called? Then? You know, Ray yeah. Ray Ray Ray. I think it's still Ray. Is this called Still Ray? Ray, Ray. Is it- nah, I think you're you're right I'm looking at the collection where are you where are you where are you, where are you? there we go Ray Ray it's yeah. Ray Ray that was yeah. Sadiq Ray Ray yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 it just it just works as a as a complete album yeah whereas this like you said it's it's just here's my I, th- I think you summed it up really well here's here's all of my ideas you know I've been writing for so many people you've <laughs> been begging me for an album alright here it is this is all of it hmm. what do you think you know, or not even what you think. I don't care what you think. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> exactly. That's what done. it is. I don't care what you think.
1: And then I'm just going to carry on doing what I do. And, he, and to be fair, he does because he has amazing bodies of work with other artists all up until now. And is still then releasing albums in different lanes of whatever lane that he feels like he needs to release a project on, which fair play to him. There's so many artists out there that would love to be able to do what he does, um, and card. you know, and can't. So, yeah, it, it's not, it will never go down as being one of my my best of the best. But there are definitely tracks on here that I will always come back to. I think Be Here is an absolute beast of a it, single it is um you know and there's no denying it um and to be fair I, I think you should have a collaborations album that would be what you'd put your money on that would be have, amazing like have an album where each track is with a different collaborator different duet and that album would be his instant vintage album because you can guarantee like it would just be incredible i feel like anyway do you, you know? Nice.
0: Do you know what's really funny, Ash? I'm always, I'm always now regretting that we didn't do um, an instant vintage and Ray Ray joint pod like we did with uh, Embryo and Now, because I feel like I feel like Ray Ray just, just sort of like corrected the problems with Instant Vintage. Ray Ray had an A and R. Yeah, clearly it had a like, clearly just even from the the album artwork right it just had like direction and 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 why also like because i went back and listened to it afterwards right it was it brought back brought back him and dawn yeah,
1: and i time feel time like time.
0: right rebels. exactly and i feel like dawn robinson was made to sing on Raphael sadi tracks i said it in the lucy pearl Lucy Pearl podcast and listen to Ray Ray again listen to Rifle Love she comes on it and you just like yo come on son <laughs> come on son you're oh. just like, oh. my gosh she just and it's just yeah it's just it's it. oh
1: yeah.
0: my gosh she does right so and I just feel I just feel that if someone whoever took took him in hand on Ray Ray if they were on if they were on Instant Vintage, it it could have been way more than just, because there's some great songs on there, man. But do you know what? Even if you, it would have helped. The track has got, what, 18 songs on it or something like that? You cut about five. That's a lot, man. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. if you cut cut about like five or six that don't need to be there, and, and there are some that don't need to be there, right? I mean, I have to talk about, like, some of them are my best of the rest but I know they don't need to be on this album, then it would have been better, you know? Cause sometimes sometimes it's just too much. It's just too much. I'm not saying it's filler, but it just needs to be a and uh And that's what I, that's for me, what, how I feel 20, was it 20 years later? That's how I feel about it. Whereas it's funny cause at the time I just thought it was amazing, you know? And then like Ray Ray comes out and I thought, like Ray Ray's amazing but I'm not thinking that Instant Vintage is not amazing I'm just still thinking oh he just Rapper Zizik just keeps on being amazing 20 years later I'm just like yeah I don't know man I just don't know where was the direction and maybe that's just me with my podcast mind now you know maybe if I wasn't podcasting maybe I still think Instant Vintage but we're talking about all these albums you start talking about like what's coherent and what's cohesive and Instant Vintage is not those things you know it's, it's wild but it's-
1: also you know if you if you tap into your initial feelings about the albums you know that I, and this is what I'm definitely finding as much as it's been it's interesting going back and you hear new things and you gain new perspectives on mm. where they're at and, and and what's there like I still remember this album being one where I don't listen all the way through I just skip through Bits and pieces of it, you know, um, and I listen to what I like listening to. I don't mm-hmm. listening to it all, but um, you know, like it's it's still up there, and it's still it's mm. definitely worthy of being talked about. And oh, absolutely, And indeed earned that throughout all of his work previous to it. But again, you know, there's a lot there's a lot here. Just didn't didn't quite hit where it needed to hit straight away. But I feel like he worked his way. To where he wanted to be
0: you know Mm, absolutely absolutely so (laughs) the conclusion to this essay is um, listen to it and if you want a a more coherent version then listen to Ray Ray straight afterwards which is
1: yeah or or the most current album like you said
0: yeah did you go back and have a listen is it it It's,
1: I've listened to some
0: of it Jimmy Lee it's a, do you know what it, do you know what it is do you know what's really weird um, so I like it and I, I probably said so we was recording this two weeks ago <laughs> I we're finishing it off now but at that point I was like it's my favourite bit of work but I think that was recency bias and um, but if you go from listening to Instant Vintage and Ray Ray and then go listen to I think it's Jimmy Lee it's called Jimmy Lee no, something like that it's so it so sounds like someone who's writing for like a 2019 2020 a listener do you know what i mean it's just so yeah it's so do you know what it is ash it's so hipster it's so like if you're in like brick lane or shoreditch in a bar um yeah that's that's like uh and for people who don't know london very well that's like uh, a, a u.s equivalent would be like some kind of cool bar in brooklyn or, or somewhere which is where the hipsters hang out over there apparently so i'm told so, yeah so it's like it sounds like that type of music that he's doing and i you know i've got no problems with that you know who doesn't like cool music but it's it's such a departure from Instant Vintage and Ray Ray and, and that and, and like Lucy Pearl and stuff like that I mean he's got elements in it because it's obviously him but he's like he's blatantly doing it for It's I don't, I don't even feel like he's making it he's making it for his old school fans but it's definitely for new school it's definitely for young folk that um Jimmy Lee it's definitely made for the younger folk and, it, and I think it works it, it's got I mean the fact that he's got uh, he works with the, the guy from Jay Davey in it and which has that which he Jay David would always kind of R&B stroke electro in it and it's got that sort of I've talked about um, what I call it alt R&B it's got a lot of them all R&B leanings which again is kind of is what when you're down Brick Lane or Shoreditch what they play in them bars they like if they're playing R&B it's like that alternative shizzle which I do like I do like um, but it's you know it's good it's good but I feel like when I said that is probably his best work as recently bias because it was just like fresh and uh it's it's great. It's great, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't know about what I was saying before. But definitely one worth listening to. And uh his his catalogue is is amazing actually. Um the only one I find the only one I find I really can't listen to is the sixties soul one, which I can never remember the name of. I think it came after Ray Ray. Uh, it is. Ugh. What was it? it? came Ray. after Ray Ray. The
1: way I see it. The way I see it. gun
0: Which is okay.
1: Is
0: that what the it's called? Way the way I, I, I see, see it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the one. That's the 60s soul one. Um, Yeah, man. But I think like that's, that was the phase he was going through. Cause I think during that period, he was like, he was working with Josh Stone, right? I think, or just uh, that after? Was out,
1: that was after the Jeff Stone. Um, that was after but, Jeff Stone. You know what, like, they, they just, they, most of these guys, when you listen to them talking, they talk about a lot of the greats anyway. Like, they talk about kind of really tapping into the roots and what the, the great, what the great ones did before them and how did they construct those albums. And, you know, a lot of the I we are talking about Stevie and Marvin and, and, and that sound. And I just felt like, you know, it shouldn't be dismissed that amazing 60s Motown sounds that City kind of taps into on that The Way I See It album is, you know, just really immersing himself in what they did then because they, they did some incredible stuff uh, then as well in terms of their playing, in terms of their look, in terms of their style, you know, just, all of it like ticked so many boxes and um, it's it's probably not I don't think it's ever as cool as what happened in the 70s like the 70s seems like a much cooler hipper time whereas the 60s seem a lot slicker and yeah pop and commercial yeah you know yeah I I feel like the 60s was the birth
0: yeah I feel like the 60s was the birth of the three minute pop song yeah, like like yeah. Motown was just like this is how we this is how, this is how you do it this is how you write a hit it's three minutes catchy and we get out of there that's it. Whereas and then uh, everyone got a bit like everyone got a bit cooler in the seventies. It's like no we're gonna we're gonna write a song and this song's gonna be ten minutes long and it's gonna be a banger, you know. Yeah. And we're gonna do double albums and we're gonna do concept albums and you know that's that's what that's that's my that's how I uh, uh, imagine <laughs> or my idea of the seventies to be. But yeah, man. Raphael Sadiq, listen to listen to the whole catalog, man. It's all good. Like they've all got something. It's something for everybody. Instant Finches to Ray Ray to the one I can't. What was the one you just said? The 60s soul ones, Motown one. It? Yeah, to Stone Rolling and then to Jimmy Lee. They they're all they've all got something worth listening to and yeah to enjoy. So yeah, please do that. Cool. So, Ash, we should do your Ash Recommends.
1: Um, Where is it? Uh, Sinead Harnett. New album or I think it's a debut album from Sinead Harnett, who is a UK singer who has spent a lot of time in the US working with them. If you like your R&B, yeah, this is something definitely worth checking about. Um and if you're like your music a little bit more eclectic then check out Bianca Rose who has a new album out. Someone that we used to work with way, way back in the day. Um I was wondering if that um, was the same Ah yeah.
0: oh, okay. Cool.
1: Yeah, new music and again something a little bit more eclectic, something something very British that you wouldn't really put in a Neo soul bracket just put in a good songs good music type bracket um so yes definitely someone that i i think you should check out and have a listen to so sinead harnett and bianca rose go have a listen sweet
0: good so ash where can they find you and us
1: yeah uh reflections music podcast just type that into your instagram browser or your twitter search engine and you will find us click follow and um yeah come talk to us come engage with us or you can find me on ashroy or music is remedy um i'm normally on one of those different channels um yeah jay where you at
0: jamie john chi on twitter and that's it That's all. that's the only thing i check <laughs> So that's where I'll be. That's where I'll be. But like chat to me, chat to me, please chat to me. I love talking about music. Um, And if you don't, we don't even have to talk about Neil Soul. We can talk about anything. I just love talking about music, Um, you know, so hit me up. I I say music. I say if you want (laughs) to, if you want an intelligent answer, then like keep it to Neil Soul, (laughs) R&B, old school rock not new school rock old school rock and then I can have a meaningful conversation (laughs) if you're gonna talk to me about I don't know don't don't ask me about drill don't ask me about UK hip hop okay (laughs) because I don't know I don't know anyway so Agreed. <laughs> cool. Cool. All right, Ash. Thanks as always, my man. Uh, it's been nice.
1: Yeah, thank you, Jay, and thank you for listening, everyone. Keep listening. Got some more good episodes on the way. So absolutely,
0: um, yeah. actually, stay tuned. So much appreciate. Take it easy. Bye bye. Yeah.